0: Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we revisit all the amazing reality shows that only made it for one season.
1: Absolutely. I'm
0: Frank Pezzinate the Third, and I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us for our first series as One Hit Wonderful, where we dive deep into the wonder and beauty that is Kel on Earth.
1: Amen. It is so good. It's so good.
0: So so good. Um, but first we have quite a bit of house cleaning. Um, I'm going to go over, um, Twitter. Tweet, tweet. Who's got the cheese to the Jeep? Um, (laughs) 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 so, um, we have a lot of Twitter. We got a lot of love from you guys and we gave a lot of love back. We, we love hearing from you. I love hearing from you. I love doing Twitter. Um, so on March 13th from Allison, and I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong. Um, Kali, K-A-H-L-E, Kaylee. Um... Allison Kay, Who's at Allie Kaylee on Twitter, A L L I K A H L E. And she tweeted us longtime listener, first time tweeter. Love you guys. And I'm super excited for the new format. Has anyone ever suggested MTV's Maui Fever yet? I'm pretty sure I'm the Ooh. only one who watched it, but please prove me wrong. Um, Allie, it has been added to the list. Um, I It looks pretty good. I looked it up, so I'm excited. Yeah. Um, uh chris m mask one um tweeted us and said love the new name keep up the good work so excited for the new format thank you chris um loyal listener um allison tweeted again and said yay can't wait for cal and earth well buckle in girl because here we are yep uh let's see let me tweet Uh, that was you i don't need to read that one
1: (laughs) fine (laughs) just (laughs) leave mine out Uh of it
0: um, Heather Johnson, our, um, longtime listener and one of our faves, well, you're all our faves, but, um, Heather does tons of good boots on the groundwork. She really does. Um, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Yes. Um, Heather tweeted us and said, you guys aren't going anywhere, so why do I get misty when I think about this last Hills episode? Jesus, I'm emotional. Can't wait to listen to it tonight. <laughs> Probably with a Kleenex. LOL. I'm with you, Hev. I was a little sad about the end too.
1: I'm actually, when I listened to our last episode, I don't think we paid enough dues. We did not pat ourselves on the back for two years worth of work or <laughs> countless episodes. I think we are really ready to say goodbye.
0: We're just marching on. Yeah. Um, and then Heather tweeted and said, highly approve of the new podcast name. Really cute and so appropriate. Thank you, Heather. Um, and she said, I'm glad you kept the podcast art or whatever you call it. I would have missed your little avatars. And thank you. Me too. Oh, yay. I love them. Um a sexy Sex Unique podcast. And then Lee, Lee Fan, um tweeted us on March 15th, one hit pod. Congrats on the rebrand guys. It was bittersweet hearing you talk about She Pratt and company one last time. Oh. Um agreed. Oh, and Lee, by the way, I don't know if you saw it, because I'm kind of a Twitter dum dum, but I sent you a private Twitter message about how you'll be able to watch Kel on Earth. So yeah. I hope you got it. It was like a week or two ago. So um, check your private DMs on Twitter, because I did send you a message about it. Sidebar,
1: um, I've been thinking about our Australian fans a lot, because for some reason I've fallen down this social media black hole of like fitness people and style people and they're all from Australia. So I've decided that everyone is fit and beautiful there and I want to go and pick up all their tips. Yeah, there's a
0: really hot fitness guy that like does these weird like fast dancing aerobic jokey videos and he's from Australia and he's hot as fuck.
1: There are a million beautiful women who like style blog and do fitness and like YouTube their smoothies from Australia and I want in.
0: Um, I think we need to go to Australia and yeah, visit Leah and Miss abso- Mix. Abso- like, for sure.
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: I'm all over it. Um, let's see. This is all bullshit. Oh, and Heather hit us up and said, <laughs> Heidi and Spencer are doing lube ads in their podcast, you know, because after you have kids, you don't have yes. time. You just have to get down to it. Ugh, thanks for telling us you're just cramming it in without foreplay.
1: Ew. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that one.
0: Um, and now Chantelle Williams hit us up, and she is at Hitting Fresh. Um and she said, "Longtime listener, love the pod. Good Thanks, Twitter Chantal. handle. I know good Twitter handle. I'm um, not a suggestion, but wasn't sure if you knew Adam Devilla's new show, Music City. It's literally the hills, but in Nashville. It's on CMT. I checked it out because I thought it was interesting. One of the girls is an actual person of color. Um, I am watching. I'm a little behind. I've only seen the first, I think, four episodes. Um, it is the hills." Have you watched it?
1: I haven't. You told me about it. What channel is it on It CMT. CMT. Okay. Um,
0: but it's funny because it literally, like, there's a narrator and, like, the nameplates are the same. Like, it is, it is The Hills. It's okay. just country music. Um, and it's good. And, you know, thank you, Chantel, for the recommendation.
1: Yeah, I'll um, check it out. She also
0: said it's a little more down to earth because it's not LA and not so stereotypical so far. Low-key love it and it fills my hills void. Maybe worth checking out. Also, the guys are pretty hot. Um, yeah, they are. Um, well, two of them. <laughs> Can't wait for Cal on Earth. Never watched, but love, Catrone. Um, oh, Chantal, I hope you're watching, girl, because it is good. Yes. Um, and then I told her that I was watching, and she said, yes, that makes me so happy. I was loving it in secret, but now I know you love it. I can openly without shame. Um, I mean, it really does fill the Hills void. It's like you're watching the Hills. It's insane. Okay. It's the same. I'm in.
1: I don't have a Hills void yet, but I will
0: soon. And now, this is a little weird, and I may need Chantal to, like, chime in on this. So someone tweeted us um, with our Music City back and forth and said, glad you're liking it. And it's someone named Skylar Wachil. And I looked up and I can't figure out, his just his tag says Music City 10 p.m. Thursday on CMT. Now, neither of us hashtagged nothing. He must have a search just for Music City.
1: Yeah. But
0: he only has 317 followers, which is weird because like, my secret Twitter account has like 500 and... It's all porn people. Um, (laughs) But like 317 is not a lot. And then I went to IMDB and I couldn't find his name attributed to the show. So I'm not sure what he has to do with it. Um, But and he like sent us a little heart. It was weird. Something's going on. So I don't know who the fuck Skylar Walk. It's W-A-K-I-L. I I don't know who he is. So Chantal, I don't know if you know. I thought it was strange. Let us know. Um, and then longtime listener Kate, who's at K A T E R R O, tweeted us and said, at one hip pod, literally just screaming Tootsie into my phone to Nana's Mink, post, um, posting the boy dresses as a girl to get ahead trope in the latest episode. Oh, amen. So a good call. And you know what else I thought? Because I saw it the other day, Joanna Mann. There you go. <laughs> so I, there were a couple. There were a couple.
1: Tootsie is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I'm sure there are things about it today that would be offensive, but it is a treasure.
0: Um, I've never seen it.
1: Oh. Shocking,
0: right? I know. I need to watch it one day. What? I know. Never seen it.
1: I think I need to stay here longer today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I would love it. Uh, let's see. He was... Okay, and now this is where Heather yes um is wins the listener of the month award hands down probably of the millennium yeah um heather went on she's i think she's still there i think she comes back today or tomorrow um she went on the la reality show vacation of a lifetime
1: she spent time in la like i should have spent time in la if i wasn't working
0: oh girl first of all she tweeted us she went to don antonio's A picture of actual Spidey's table, a maze.
1: And the Spencer steak.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I retweeted all of these so you guys can see them. A picture of the menu. She said, I asked the waiter if he knew the person these items were named after. He said yes. And he is very friendly with the manager owner. And then they moved it, and they moved, and it was too far to come. But back then, they used to come twice a month. Um, So the Spencer steak. um, She said, this is going to turn me... This is going to make me turn the pool. I'm about to go in into a jacuzzi, lol. Really delicious, though. I was also on the fence about coming here food-wise, but I'm really pleased and about to blow out my colon. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Which I thought was hilarious. Um, I mean, she's she's so many pictures of Don Antonio. There are probably 10 she sent us, at least. So you guys, check them out. I retweeted all of them.
1: It actually made me glad that I went to El Coyote instead of Don Antonio's because my stomach was okay. Yeah. I took it easy, and it was fine.
0: I'm fucking going to Donatello's when I go, because I'm just about it. Um, and then um, I replied to Heather and said that she was the goat, and she, um, because she's not a male like us, didn't know what goat meant, so I told her it stands for greatest of all time. Um, and then she said she just passed a Von Dutch store and thought of me immediately, and I said that's ironic, because I'm literally wearing my Vodanx hat as we speak. Which I was. Of course. Um, and then, let's see. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, then, more Heather. Had lunch at Big Wang's today, but was not impressed. They had all day happy hour <laughs> pricing was $3 more per item on the two things we got, as opposed to the prices on the website. This is the North Hollywood location. The Hollywood location closed down. It's a couple pictures of Big Wang's. And I think North Hollywood was the one where my friend worked, but I I'm think, not positive.
1: Yeah, I thought you had said that.
0: Um, and she took a picture of the closed Hollywood location. BTW, our GPS kept calling it Big Wong's all in one yes. word, which is a maze. So good. Um, let's see. Uh, then Heather asked if we listened to Sheena on Spidey's podcast, which I did not. Did you?
1: No, I haven't yet. I actually have been keeping up with the Spidey podcast, but I haven't listened to that one.
0: The weird thing is a lot of people online, especially in the... They said it po- made them like, like Sheena. Her. yeah. I
1: know. That's weird. why I wanted to listen to it and I didn't I need time. To, I'm
0: behind in my podcast. I need to listen to it. Um, and then she said, did you catch Heidi saying the baby would love to have, would love... Um, or have fun in Vegas, I fucking died. Really, he doesn't even know what's going on. I replied that I'm pretty sure that baby me would have fucking loved Vegas. So I'm kind of on board with that. <laughs> then, Heather, really, I mean, even better than the Don Antonio's, she goes to the church where Spidey got married and yes. posts numerous pictures. Again, I retweeted them so you guys can all see that. That's
1: all the way in Pasadena.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's killing it. Yeah. Um, And then Heather said, Kellan Earth is... Next to be covered in one head. Oh, oh, I didn't even see this. Oh, thanks, Heather. Um, what is this a reply to? Um, let's see. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb with Twitter. How do I read the original conversation? Help. <laughs> <laughs> help. Help. Twitter emergency. I can't like this is why I get annoyed with Twitter because I can't. OK, here we go. <laughs> Oh, Carrie O'Donnell tweeted, I was lucky enough to be on the stellar Watch What Crappens this week where we talked Pump Rules, Justice for Kellan Earth, and the inspiring recasting of Gilligan's Island. Um, and Amazing Heather tweeted back and said, "Kellan Earth is next to be covered on One Hit Pod. You should check oh, it out. Heather. So, thank you, Heather. Again, goat. Goat forever.
1: Yeah. And Carrie O'Donnell's the best.
0: Now, I also want to talk a little bit, this has nothing to do with any of the shows we're covering, about... Congratulations, fucking Heather! I don't know if you saw a mirror. Did you? See? Oh, I did. Yeah. So Heather, you guys, who's amazed, and you need to be following her. Um, I think she's Gloom Cookie on Insta as well. Let me let me check real quick because I don't want to give incorrect information. Um, Gloom Cookie. Yeah, Gloom Cookie 0898. and Heather fucking first of all she goes on all reality show vacations like i i need to get my shit together and start doing this she goes to places she stalks she takes great pictures it's a maze so our queen heather goes to sir yep wearing a james kennedy it's not about the pasta t-shirt yep not only does she take a picture with him but he posted it to his instagram oh i know amazing.
1: It's incredible. Heather,
0: I was dead. I literally like I had to get like I had to get up get defibrillator earrings. Yes. And revive my heart because it was I mean, I'm, I could not have been happier for you.
1: I was thrilled. And Heather, I want you to know that I sent it to every friend I have that listens to our podcast. And I said, this is our fan Heather that we're always talking about. And I feel famous because of Heather. Yeah, I totally It was amazing.
0: I'm so jealous of you. I couldn't have been happier for you. I love living vicariously through these vacations. Yeah. You guys follow her Insta. Like, it's amazing.
1: It's commendable. Yeah. It's it's great.
0: Kudos, Heather. You did it, girl.
1: And I also want the full review on See You Next Tuesday.
0: Oh, yeah. Although, I will say this.
1: I've heard it's fun, but I feel like I heard that on But Heather doesn't drink. Right. So
0: I feel like to really get the full cunt experience, you have to be, like, wasted it on Molly. Yes. Now, if it was a latte bar, Heather would be That's on it. That's true.
1: That's <laughs> true. But I, I, still want the full review from Heather's. Yes, yeah, me too. one hundred percent. I also think it would be fascinating to be around the Vanderpump Rules cast sober. Tell me what's happening. Who's falling over? Who's slurring? Who has powder in their nose? Totes. Uh,
0: right. Um. But yeah, you guys need to follow Heather's on Instagram because and Twitter because she. Kills it. I mean, yeah. she meets all these people. She posted these amazing pictures from the back alley of Sir. Yeah. I believe she had one with Christina Kelly in the background. I mean, like, she's killing it. Killing yeah. it. Killing it. Yeah. So kudos heads.
1: Yep. Well done. Well done. Like, so well done. So I well done. I don't know what else to say.
0: Um. So that's all my house cleaning.
1: Wonderful. So my house cleaning is actually related to the episode. So I feel like we should sort of dive in okay. on our very first episode of Kell on Earth.
0: Brought to you by the word retarded.
1: Yeah, okay, disclaimer, Kelly and her staff use the word retard and retarded a A lot. lot. So we are very sorry up front for when we quote them and have to use that word. I actually don't use that word in either form. I
0: don't either. And to be fair, this was eight years ago. And I feel like that the fact that this word has been deemed not okay has been in the last eight years. Back then, I don't think it was, I used to say it all the time. I I don't think back then it was as uh, inappropriate as it is today.
1: I'm sure they're regretting saying it on...
0: Like, oh, I'm on sure. TV. I'm sure. Yeah. But back then it wasn't a thing like it is now, so...
1: Right. So now that we've transitioned to this new format where we have fewer episodes and... A good amount of cast people, I've decided that what I want to do is more of a deep dive on each cast member with every episode that we record. So obviously for our very first episode, I'm starting with the Queen Bee and what I'm calling for Kel on Earth only, the Runway Rundown.
0: Love it. (laughs) I'm actually, have to say that I'm really excited when you get to Andrew's deep dive.
1: Yeah. Um, So for this week's Runway Rundown, obviously we're starting with the Queen, Kelly Catrone. So Kelly was born November 13th, 1965. She is a Scorpio. She talks about that a lot as well. So am I. Very exciting. She's from upstate New York, just west of Syracuse, from a town called Camillus. And she graduated from Syracuse, which two of my very best friends did as well. But Kelly had a degree in nursing.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. And one of my best friends is also a graduate of the Syracuse Nursing School.
0: I wonder if she knew
1: Luann. I
0: don't know. <laughs> Just Kelly and the Countess nursing it up.
1: Yeah, but I feel like... Kim Zolciak. The, the three count- of them. The Countess <laughs> is... in <laughs> a an care clinic. Together. Oh my god. <laughs> and write themselves prescriptions. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. I feel like the Countess is all Connecticut all the time, though, and so yeah. is Zosiac. Yeah, true.
0: But still, they're all pretty close. Yeah. That is hilarious. And the so, Countess and Kelly are close in age.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Kelly moved to New York City when she was 21 in 1986, which, God, what a time to move to New York City, I I wish. And she got a job as a publicist for Susan Blonde as an assistant. So Susan Blonde was a VP at Epic Records. Hello, Hills tie-in. Amazed. For 13 years, and then she formed her own company right before she hired Kelly, basically. So then after being Susan Blonde's assistant, Kelly became the director of PR for Spin Magazine and started to work with all of these music people, which, as you all know, and we've talked about before, Kelly, Russell, Simmons, the music connection was definitely there. So then Kelly decided to launch Catrone and Weinberg with another former Susan Blonde assistant, Jason Weinberg. And they stuck mostly with the music industry, and they represent Eartha Kitt, C&C Music Factory, Nile Rodgers, Frank Sinatra, Cafe Tabac, Hollywood Palladium, The Roxy, The Limelight, D-Light. Amazing. Amaze. So And the William Morris Agency. I'm curious what they did for the William Morris Agency, but it was officially listed. So then in 1991, so this is quite a five-year period she had. Like, she was still very young. Yeah. So she sold her half of the Catrone and Weinberg company. So she was 26 Six. at this point and she moved to LA and she studied Eastern mysticism, meditation and tantra. She became a tarot card reader and then she signed a record deal with Atlantic Records.
0: A record? Like, wait, is there a Kelly
1: Catron record floating around somewhere that we can hear? There absolutely is. And we need to find it. Ugh. Her album was produced by legend, quote, Richard Perry.
0: He is a legend. There you go. Yeah.
1: So we need to find that. That's our first order of business. I, do we
0: even know what genre it is? No idea. And do we, but it was released under her name. It's not like a band. It's just Kelly Catrone. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm just yep, like Googling. Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> so also at age 21, Kelly Catrone married Andy Warhol's protege, Ronnie Catrone.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that's what Catrone she was.
1: Yes. So Catrone is actually her first married name. And Ronnie was 38 when Kelly was 21. He's a famous artist and he was Andy Warhol's assistant at the factory. And he has exhibited at the Whitney and MoMA and the Museum of Contemporary Art in Los Angeles They divorced, and he actually passed away in 2013. Oh. Yeah, a few years after on Earth aired. So she also, she got married again at age 28 to an actor, Jeff Kober. They were, he was 12 years older than her, so it sounds like she has a thing for slightly older men. And he's been in nothing that I really know of, but he is one of those... I guess what I would call B-roll actors where their IMDB page is so full and has so many like prominent shows, but you might not know who they are. His face didn't look familiar to me, but he was Joe on The Walking Dead, Jacob Hale Jr. on Sons of Anarchy. He was in a few episodes of Buffy and he was also in Falcon Crest, which I thought was funny for you, but he's been in tons of stuff. When you go to his page, his list is super long. They also got divorced.
0: No, is that the father of Ava?
1: No. So then Kelly had her daughter with this man named Ilario Calvo, who's Italian. And we meet him in Kel on Earth.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. So
1: she has a daughter named Ava Calvo Catrone, and Ava was born in 2002.
0: But really interesting choice that she would choose to have her daughter's last name be her first husband's last name. Yes. That's weird. Yes. And also a little weird for me... Being the empowered, like, fema chick that she is. Yes. That she would continue to keep her first husband's last name.
1: I would think that she would just invent her own last name or something. Yeah, or I go know. revert
0: to her maiden name.
1: I know. So People's Revolution, the company that Kelly still runs to this day and is profiled in Kel on Earth, was founded in 1996. So she was still pretty young. She was 31. 31, yeah. I mean, to own your own company at 31 is... It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So they've been representing and producing shows for brands like Longchamp and Vivian Westwood, Valentino, Jeremy Scott, Paco Rabanne, Thierry Mugler, Bulgari, Christie's, Agent Provocateur, and those are the only ones I can pronounce. It's Thierry Mugler. Sorry. And so People's Revolution became really famous. Like Kelly was successful and doing very well for herself, but it became really famous in its sixth year of being um, on the first anniversary of September 11th. So September 11th was September 11th, 2001, Mm -hmm. but September 11th, 2002 was the first fashion week in New York after September 11th, and it was a big deal, and people were feeling sort of timid. And People's Revolution broke the record for most shows produced on one day. Because a lot of people were not wanting, they were afraid of big crowds and that it would, you know, draw terrorist activity. And so they did five shows in one day.
0: Wow. I would not have wanted to be around that office on that day. Right. I'm sure I, there was a lot of screaming.
1: Yeah. But since then, People's Revolution has continued to thrive and do well. And Kelly has been a contributor on Dr. Phil, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And she was. For also- what? Don't know. Weird. Just listed in her credits. And she's also been a judge on America's Next Top Model. That I do. She filled in for Andre Leon Talley seasons 18 through 22. And her daughter, Ava, who does go by Catrone, is on Instagram. She's private, but she's public on Twitter. She's not incredibly active on either one, but she is 16 now. And she's very cute. Very cute. She's very cute in the show, too, that we'll talk about, but... That is the runway rundown on Kelly. Amazed,
0: I'm impressed. Yeah. And I did a little looking and I don't think her album was released. Okay. Um, cause on MTV I got BT dubs. Kelly Katrin could have been the next Madonna. Um, not only was she a wild party girl back in the day, but long before Kelly Katrin became the city's bitch boss lady, she was poised to become a pop star. Or was it death metal? That's right. A contract with Atlantic was signed, sealed, and delivered, and an album was even produced. Okay. But apparently Kelly couldn't contain her hunger for fashion publicity and ended up becoming the first person in history to walk away from a record deal in order to start a PR company. While she refers to her departure from the music business as a bad decision in an interview with Alexa Chung, we all know the truth. Kelly Cattrone was born to make interns cry. Check out the video to hear what she told Alexa about life before Whitney Port shut up at her doorstep. So Ooh. I have a feeling that it's probably not... Fl- like, I'm sure yeah. it's like on a shelf in, you know, at the record company.
1: Right. Oh, I should have bothered to look that up myself, though. My research, you just put me to shame with a simple Google, but... <laughs> That makes sense as to why the album title wasn't listed or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'd have to, like, know someone at the record company to, like, dig up the old reel-to-reels, I'm sure.
1: I'm going to imagine her as sort of a Courtney Love figure. Not See, not me. You think she's Poppy?
0: I think she's, like, R&B Poppy.
1: Wow. Because based on
0: those old pictures of her.
1: Can we ask her?
0: Sure. I mean, I can tweet her and ask her. How would you describe
1: your music persona? Yeah.
0: I mean, because I can see her as more of like a, um, like an old, like nineties Robin, not the new Robin or, um, like keep on moving. Don't stop. Yo like that kind of, like I can see her like doing that kind of thing.
1: I just, I like can't. Like the big
0: banjee earrings and like the, I, I can picture it.
1: I just can't picture her not like exhausted and slightly mean with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, which is where I get the Courtney
0: Love angle. Well, for sure. I mean, I think that's her persona, but I feel like, I mean, cause she was kind of entrenched in the hip hop world. Hence the yeah. Russell Simmons thing. So I could see her doing like an R&B girl group kind of vibe deal.
1: Oh, we need to ask her. I want to know. I mean, I
0: doubt she'll respond, but I'll try.
1: Okay. Well, with that said, let's get into this pretty long episode.
0: Kellen Earth episode one, Walk in the
1: Park. Ooh, boy. So I can already tell that my trope of our next eight episodes of Kellen Earth is that this show stresses me out. <laughs> this is a really rough beginning to it, to be fair. Fashion week is the most intense week for anybody who works in fashion. But they, do- they dropped us in the deep end in yeah. the very first episode. So, this first aired February 10th, 2010. So, what we're watching is Fashion Week 2009. Yes. Yeah. So, we open the show and we get this. Mont- and winter
0: Fashion Week.
1: Yeah. September. Yeah. Yeah. So, we get this sort of montage and voiceover of Kelly explaining herself and her company and what they do. And she says they have a take no prisoners attitude. Which is absolutely true.
0: Because the fashion industry is a war.
1: Oh boy. (laughs) And they produce fashion shows and take and get clothes from the runway into the pages of the magazine that make people say, I want to buy that. And also in the montage, we get Kelly in her office and she says, pray that I don't kill anyone this week. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And she also introduces some of her business partners. One is Robin, who Kelly refers to as Snow White with razor blades. Mm -hmm. And Emily, who she calls a slayer.
0: I thought she has to call her a small town girl with attitude.
1: That too. And then you get this little introduction of Emily in a confessional. And she says, you say it's a bitch like I'm a bad thing. I wonder who was the original person to say that. I don't know. I hope it was Emily, but I don't doubt it.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. So then Kelly goes on to explain the company and that they get all these employees and interns and they say 90, you know, they all think that they're fashion people and they all think they have a passion for it. And 98% of them are not. Which is probably true.
0: Probably true. And then we get a little like montage And my favorite part was we got a very culturally insensitive montage with Kelly and some guy in Indian headdresses.
1: <laughs> yes. I love that episode. It's when they go to the Hamptons. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's great.
0: But it's funny that just eight years ago, the number of things that were deemed appropriate in this yes. episode that now would not fly.
1: We've already heard the word retard and she's wearing an a Indian fake hen- feathered headdress. Although to
0: be fair, do you watch Summer House? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, me too. Um, But they had people dressed up like Indians at Carl's birthday party. I and know. like, no one said anything about it.
1: Because it's Summer House and that sums up the whole no, show. No, no, no. I meant
0: on the internet. I No know. one said anything about it. I it's, was a little surprised. Oh,
1: God. To be oh. fair,
0: two years ago, I did try to dress up like an Indian for Halloween, but someone put a stop to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then Kelly says that her job is 24-7, 365, and on top of it, she's a single mom. Yeah. And that's pretty much the introduction. So another thing that I'm going to struggle with with Kel on Earth is that it's really hard to know where scenes end and scenes begin. With the Hills, previously we always got a new location. We are always in the office of People's Revolution. Which
0: is funny to me because they feel they need to... Do it. I mean, it says People's Revolution, and I'm like, I, I know. Like, yeah, that's where we are.
1: Right. I think occasionally after Fashion Week, we will go to the a restaurant or someone's apartment a little bit, but it's also weird that two of the partners of People's Revolution live, live in the yeah. building. So we are just going to be in the office pretty much all the time. So we are in the office, and Kelly, Robin, and Emily are addressing the staff for Fashion Week, and... Telling them that it's crunch time, that we are playing for motherfucking keeps, and it's a tremendous amount of work, and they are producing 10 events in a week. And is it actually seven days, Fashion Week? That's a good question. It might be 10.
0: Okay. I mean, it's it's not that much longer than that, but it's about a week. Yeah.
1: Okay, I I didn't know whether they consider Fashion Week, like, Sunday through Saturday, or whether it's a little bit longer than that, but then I thought they also said the next few weeks will be hell.
0: Well, I have a feeling that this pep talk came two weeks before Fashion Week. Right. Like, it's, I mean, I think when you say, like, it's Fashion Week, it means, like, we're going into Fashion Week, and we have two weeks worth of work to do before Fashion Week occurs.
1: Right. So then Kelly lets everybody know that she has a rule, there's no crying in the office, if you have to cry- Yeah. If you have to cry, go outside. Book plug. She says, this is not group therapy. Some days just suck. Which, I'm not going to lie. I feel like everything Kelly says is a mantra for life. It's really true. Yeah. She said, this is not dress up. This is not Barbie.
0: Well, I take umbrage with that because it is. It is dress up, and it, it is. is Barbie. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, Kelly. And, and this is my issue when I worked in like the couple, like when I worked Fashion Week and like when I used to do like editorial stuff with work, um, I had a very hard time taking it as seriously as everyone else yeah. because it is, it's fucking clothes at the end of the day. And like, I like clothes, but like you're not saving lives. <laughs> you're not like yeah. feeding starving children. Like at the end of the day, it's a $30,000 dress. Like calm down.
1: The only reason I'll excuse it is that it looks like she's talking to a bunch of 22 year old and 23 year old interns who do look like they're there to play with clothes. And she's like, no, check the RSVP line, enter this data, print these labels. That's what she's For sure, but when you boil
0: it down, a fashion show is Barbie. Like it's playing dress up and walking down a runway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. And then we also get sort of an office montage of everybody prepping, just running around like chickens without heads. And then we also get our first brief intro to Andrew Andrew Serrano, who we get a deeper intro to later.
0: Who I forgot how much I like him.
1: Yeah. No, that's the, the side cast in Kel on Earth is almost as good as Kelly.
0: Although he, um, he needs to know his job. Mm-hmm. No, I love big noses, but his literally
1: points. No, no, no! To the You're left. thinking of Andrew M. You're thinking of Mukamel. because I agree with you, the Goth kid.
0: Oh, I thought that was and oh, oh, that's right. This is Serrano is is the idiot. It's okay, the no, twink. Right. The two twink. He's not a twink.
1: Well, whatever. He's
0: way too tan, and I don't. We'll talk more about him later. But I have a lot of questions. Is he about too him. old to be a twink? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, he's. What would you call him then?
0: Trash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: so then we get to hear about one of the, we get to hear about several clients in this episode and we get to hear about, um, David Delphine. Is he from Spain by any chance? I think so. They lay on the fact oh that he's from Spain. Oh my God. Spain, Spain, Spain.
0: Like if you had a drinking <laughs> game, like just for that two 30 second <laughs> clip and drank every time they said Spain to be wasted.
1: Yeah. So then they send one of the interns, Stephanie Voorhees, to clean up the showroom, which is one floor above the office in the same building, before he arrives.
0: No, it's, she was on the fifth floor.
1: Okay, they have two showrooms then. There's the second floor and fifth floor. They
0: sent her to the fifth floor.
1: Okay. The building is kind of confusing, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, because it's not like Heidi and Spencer's apartment. It doesn't...
0: <laughs> well, because it's second floor office, third floor showroom, fourth floor Kelly... Fifth floor other showroom.
1: I think it was second floor showroom, third floor office, fourth floor Kelly, fifth Fifth floor floor other showroom. showroom. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It really doesn't matter. And they're not trying to pull the wool over our eyes about it like Heidi and Spencer were. No,
0: yeah, it's definitely, that's where she lives.
1: So we get to see Stephanie Voorhees cleaning up the showroom, which basically I think is just tidying up the racks, putting them in rows, picking stuff up off the floor. And we need to talk about what Stephanie Voorhees is wearing. And I realize that everybody in this office is insanely casual because of the hours that they work. And that's going to be hard for me to process. (laughs) (laughs) But Stephanie is wearing a tank top that it's made of cotton and it hangs a little low and short shorts. Yeah. In the office. I'm just putting it out there. Her tank top is yellow. Her shorts are navy blue. It looks like she's going to a pool party, not to a day, even at an internship.
0: Well, what I think is interesting and funny is that Kel- hell Hills, Kelly Catrone was, we're black to the office. Everyone black, head to toe, black, 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 black. And New York, Kelly on earth, Kelly drone is like,
1: whatevs. Yeah. Well, I'm also curious to see if that changes with our next few episodes, because this is fashion week. And I feel like they were all so crazed and spending so many hours at the office. I wonder if like makeup and clothing just stopped applying
0: makeup could stop applying but like you could literally wear the same black outfit every day yeah like that's not a big deal I mean I wear black to work I have 30 black t-shirts and four pairs of black pants and I just they really look the same and I rotate them like I'm assuming uh, that if that's you look for Kelly a professional like just do that the same thing yeah like,
1: yep so then Stephanie Voorhees says that she started at People's Revolution a few months ago And she was never properly trained on what the showroom is supposed to look like because everyone has been too busy to tell her.
0: Yeah, I put wasn't trained and she said she did the best that she could. And I wrote, um, you're a dead girl, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Like that does not fly. Like, first of all, Kelly is Kelly wants people to be able to intuitively figure out how things work and what's going on. Yeah. And if you can't, you're an idiot.
1: So then Kelly's partner, Robin, comes upstairs to critique the showroom and make sure that it's good enough. And she's walking around fidgeting with things, moving a rack here or there, moving a basket here or there. And then she tells Stephanie Voorhees, everything should just get done. Yeah. That is a Kelly People's Revolution type direction. Where I respect it, I would also be confused by it. I'm just going to put it out there.
0: Well, and I will have to say, and I think that this changes later on, but I did have a little bit of an issue actually with Kelly. I feel like there's a little bit of internalized misogyny on her part, maybe, or maybe she just expects more of women because she's a woman and she wants them to do better. But I feel like she gives Andrew a fucking lot of breaks. Yeah. Like she is not as hard on Andrew as she is on the rest of these girls. No. And that may change uh, further into the season. But just for this episode alone, if we're basing it on this, I was a little like pissed off for the other girl. I'm like, you're not, you're joking with Andrew. You're like, give, like giving Andrew a pass. Like how, you're not being as hard on Andrew as these girls. And I'm almost wondering if it's like internalized misogyny.
1: Yes. Well, we also find out later in the season, and I'm going to throw another theory log onto the fire. Andrew M., the goth. Yeah. Yeah personal assistant, is loaded. Yeah,
0: I know, I know. He's like a trust fund kid.
1: Exactly. And he was working as a personal stylist, apparently, and I wonder if Kelly sort of sees him as an assistant, but also as an influencer, and she doesn't want to rip his head off.
0: But see, that depresses me. Because in my mind, like, I feel like Kelly... Treats everyone the same. Like, I, you know, she's yeah. just a badass bitch, period. And it doesn't matter who you are. No, or... I'm with you.
1: I'm with you. I'm just putting another period So, it just left
0: a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, I feel like, you know, I just was wondering... Just like sometimes people have internalized homophobia, I thought maybe this was internalized misogyny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then... Because that... on this podcast, we get fucking deep. And we cover the real issues. <laughs> 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 right. That's what we're here for. That should be our new podcast description, covering the real issues. <laughs> so then Debbie Delphine arrives... And he, what's funny to me is that they made the intern clean the showroom, and then they have the designer stand in their disgusting as fuck office yeah. with nothing but computers and paperwork everywhere. And I worked in an office like that; it's disgusting. Yeah. And they tell him that they sent some items for Penelope Cruz to wear, which is four kind of,
0: different looks.
1: Yeah, which is kind of exciting. And then. Emily, the other more senior person at People's Revolution, says it was a really good move to come to the tents at Bryant Park. And they talk about how it's really important to break into the U.S. market for international designers to put on a show at Bryant Park. And then we cut back to Stephanie Voorhees talking about how David Delphine didn't even visit the showroom and it was a waste of her time to clean it. Um,
0: Can we also talk about um, David's partner? His business partner, whose name is Gorka. Gorka. What the fuck kind of name is Gorka?
1: They're Spanish. First of all, did you not know they're Gorka Spanish? Gorka to me sounds Russian. <laughs> I know. Like that doesn't even sound Spanish. He sounds like an extra from the American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, David Delphine struck me as sort of attractive, and I don't know why. Because he's um, not. Are you blind? No.
0: Have you had a concussion just, or perhaps a mini
1: stroke while you've been sitting here? I just said, I don't know why you need to calm down.
0: Do you also find all the bank people in train spotting attractive? I do Okay, well that explains it. I think I've solved the riddle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they like make me want to be like addicted to drugs and weigh like a hundred pounds. Yeah. And he's got dyed hair and big plugs in his ears.
0: Um, for those of you who haven't seen the episode, he <laughs> looks like an extra from train spotting He does. Very skinny, um, electric orange colored hair, which is my favorite color, so I should have been on board with it. And looks like a little bit of a heroin addict.
1: Yeah. But yeah. He really he looks like a cross between like sick boy, who's you and McGregor in train spotting, and the other one. Um What's the other character's name? Johnny Lee Miller, but I forget his name. Oh, I can't remember name. the character's
0: name. But you did make a good call when you were watching it, and you said he looked kind of like a dirty skater. And I said, well, this is appropriate, because he looked like someone Adrina would have dated.
1: Yeah, he, like, if he could be a fashion designer or a kid begging for street heroin and carrying a skateboard, and you wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: thought Gorka was much more attractive.
1: Gorka was attractive, but I'm, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> So then Kelly discusses the vibe in her office and amongst her staff, and she says that the whole staff has nothing in common except that they have this goal of fashion, I guess. And she says she refers to them as a bonanza Adams family.
0: Which we actually had to rewind because both of us thought it should have been bananas Adams family.
1: Yeah. But also, the Adams family went together pretty well.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> like
1: Pugsley and Wednesday were kind of of the same cloth. I don't get it.
0: And because I'm, well, this is even before my time, but it's, it's Kelly's time. But Bonanza Adams family sounds like it's the Adams family in Western garb.
1: Yeah. I don't get what <laughs> like, I don't really understand. I, don't, I I think she meant bananas, yeah. but whatever. So then she discusses Stephanie Skinner. So there are two Stephanie's, one is with the PH, one is with an F. Skinner is the one that people will know from MTV's true life, I'm going to fashion week. Yes. Because she was Kelly Catron's assistant during that episode. Yes. Now she has been promoted to a junior account executive, which is a new position, and we later learn in this episode it's on a trial basis. Which is kind of interesting. So Kelly's new assistant is another Andrew. So there are two Stephanies, two Andrews. Hang with us. This one is Andrew Muckamel. He is goth. He is also gay. I'm going to go ahead and say they're both oh, pretty yeah. damn gay. Yeah. Um, and this is the wealthy one who was working as a personal stylist and was hired by Kelly. So Kelly explains that she hired Andrew because she was tired of interviewing blonde girl after blonde girl who basically said, I'm so excited to be here. Andrew showed up wearing uh, a skirt and bondage jewelry and in all black. And again, I
0: think this goes back more to like the internalized misogyny.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm sick of all these women. Get me a guy in a dress. Well, huh?
1: Yeah. So then Kelly is smoking a cigarette out the window near her desk. And- oh, I didn't
0: even notice that she was smoking. Absolutely. Okay.
1: That's why she was looking out the window. And Andrew's on the phone and she says, there's a cute gay man out the window out here. And Andrew answers back, how do you know he's gay? She says, because I have amazing gaydar. Tell whoever you have to go. Destiny's waiting. Hang up. <laughs> So good. I believe Kelly has amazing gaydar.
0: I do too. And I love what I like about this is it shows us that as much as she is a badass bitch, and a lot of people would wonder like why would I want to work for her? Like she's a terrible person. Unlike, say, Miranda from the Devil Wars Prada, who we all know is actually on a wind tour. Yeah. Um, I mean Kelly can be fun.
1: Yes. Kelly has a very, light side. She
0: can be fun. She's very and funny. funny.
1: So then when Andrew comes over to the window and they're staring at this gay man out the window, she says, well, he has big nose and big feet. It's a great start. And she says, wow, there are a lot of really beautiful people in New York. And Andrew says, yeah, but there are a lot of really ugly people <laughs> in New York, which is true. Yeah. I think that's true of every city.
0: Well, and also a little bit before this, which we, I didn't write down and we kind of skipped over is Kelly was talking about how like she's ready for some dick. Like they have a yes. whole conversation about how they're like hot for cock.
1: Yes. <laughs> Kelly often is. Yeah. That's going to be another theme oh, throughout yes. this the Vibrator series. episode. Yes, <laughs> when she goes to Babeland. So then we meet, well, we're introduced, I guess. Because, this is a you know,
0: real throwback.
1: Yes, real throwback to 2010. Kelly is reading the New York Post and page six, and there's a big cover story about Ashley Dupre. And you'll have to go back and read about Ashley Dupre, but she was the call girl who was in the Mayflower Hotel here in Washington, D.C. Yeah. with Elliot Spitzer. Spitzer. So apparently the year before, so 2008 Fashion Week, Ashley Dupre was in the front row at the Yigal Azriel show. That's hard to say. And Kelly didn't kick her out.
0: Well, Kelly says her friend. She says, my friend yeah. Ashley Dupre. And she talks about the fashion show and she's like, and I just let her in and she was in the front row and I didn't think anything of it. And then she, she was got fired, fired
1: by Egal Azriel after the fact, because there was a hooker sitting in the front row of his fashion show. Yeah. So then Kelly says half the people sitting in the front row are sleeping with people for money and are hookers themselves. They're just usually called wives. wives.
0: Yeah. She's like, aren't we all hookers? She's like, you know, I get paid to make my clients happy and to talk to them and give them good phone, even then when I don't want to, like it's, we're all hookers. Yes. Which, and I kind of like, and as someone who hangs out with a lot of like the dregs of society and it has in my life, like I've definitely had a lot of like hooker, stripper, drug dealer friends. Um, I appreciate that like Kelly doesn't discriminate.
1: Yeah. I'm curious how they became friends. I I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I wonder if they became friends kind of after this. After the fact. It's
0: possible that Kelly might've reached out to her after the fact.
1: Yeah. So then she tells Ashley to stop by the office. And Ashley shows up at People's Revolution in one of the Oh, but most- first
0: I wanted to before she showed up, I wanted to talk about one thing. Yes. So she says, "Call Ashley from my phone."
1: Yeah, you were very
0: And I was really confused because when Ashley's on the phone, it was the landline. And when you think call Ashley from my phone, you mean cell phone so she recognizes the number she answer. But then I had an epiphany when I brought it up. I wonder if she means her home phone because she lives in the building and I bet you could get the outside line from her home phone on that phone. Probably. So maybe that's what it was.
1: Probably I mean I would have think everything in there is connected to Kelly and no one else.
0: Well, but I'm assuming there's a business line and a home line. So I'm she was just spent Andrew dial her out on my home line so when it comes up with a caller ID she sees it's me.
1: Yeah, fair enough. So Ashley shows up to the office in one of the most like 2010 outfits I've ever seen. She's got a fedora on and huge hoop earrings. Oh yeah. And spray tanned to death. And who is she with? Her mother? Uncomfortable. Yeah. I was uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Like I, I I don't like I mean, who's what kind of mother? And maybe this is me being anti-sex positive, whatever. But what kind of mother is like, I'm here with my hooker daughter, loud and proud. Like, I'm so happy she's a prostitute. Like, I don't know. That was a little cringy for me.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. If your daughter makes it into page six for sleeping with a senator, is that what he was? Governor? What was he?
0: Sure. Oh, fuck. I, th- I think he was, was he the governor? No, he wasn't the governor. Senator?
1: Maybe? Or was he governor of New York? I don't, let me, hold on, I'm going to look yeah. it up real quick. Oh my God, my husband's going to be so ashamed of me. Oh, he doesn't listen to this. No, thank God.
0: Governor, yeah, former Bam! governor. Yeah, he was Before the governor, Before right. okay.
1: Yeah. All right, that makes me feel good about myself. So, I don't know. That would be a tough thing to process as a mother. Her mother is beautiful, though. Yeah, she's pretty. She's a gorgeous older lady. So then Ashley and Kelly are talking about like, oh, isn't it funny? This controversy will never die, et cetera. And then Ashley Dupre says, well, we've decided, not sure who, that we're going to make shirts that say Yagal loves Ashley and we're going to crash his show.
0: She says, we've decided and me and a bunch of models are going to wear shirts that say and then we're going to crash the show. And this is where Kelly, I mean, and I'm like, know your audience, Ashley. What yeah. the fuck? And this is where Ashley like, I mean, where Kelly completely averts the fashion disaster.
1: Yeah. And she says, I wouldn't do that.
0: You're gonna- I, I mean, like, you can see, like, the color drain out of her face, oh, and yeah. she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, not a good plan.
1: She says, you're in a good position right now, and I would lay low, and I don't need any more controversy this week. Which is totally fair. And if they actually are friends, don't do that. Yeah. Don't bring it back up. Go to another show and just well, I could,
0: boss. she's very young. Yeah. For one. And I could see her thinking, not, I'm going to do this, and this is going to screw Kelly. I think I'm going to do this because this person embarrassed me, but also fired my friend Kelly. So I'm going to show them like I could see her not thinking about the big picture. So I, I don't think it was thought through.
1: Yeah, no, it clearly wasn't. So then it is the next day and it is the day of the David David Delphine show. Also hard to say. Yeah. So then you see um, David arrive at Bryant Park and Kelly comes out to greet him and says, everything is so fine. <laughs> Which just sounds like a giant cover-up. I know she means everything is going well, but it sounded like she was covering something up.
0: Well, we also got before that, the whole thing with Andrew M talking about like the seating and like how like they have mad power and all that stuff.
1: So he talks about Okay. This whole episode is so confusing and they talk about a lot of the same things. But also Brian Park, we see that Andrew M is wearing a floor-length sequin dress, which was David Delphine's final look... The season before. Yes. And then he says... And that's
0: how we know, even before they tell us that he has money. Because if you are buying the fucking final look from a New York... I mean, please. That dress was probably minimum $10,000.
1: Yeah. And he says, it's glam, it's goth, it's grunge. I dare you to focus on something else while in my presence. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So then the other thing I noticed is Kelly refers to everyone as kids. Yes. She'll say, okay, kids... Whether it's her business partners, models, interns, it doesn't matter. Everyone besides her is a kid. So she gets the kids ready for their first looks and explains what a first look is. It's when models go from their street clothes to their very first runway looks. And then photographers are allowed to photograph the first looks, but not while the models are changing their clothes, because a lot of them are underage, etc.
0: And even if they weren't, that's gross.
1: Yeah. And I don't care
0: if they're 50. It's not cool. But also, not cool.
1: what publication would want photos of models changing in this day and age? Like, you're there to photograph the new clothes.
0: Well, this was eight years ago. So, thedirty.com. I mean, like, any kind of porny, grossy website. Like, But the, they,
1: Kelly wouldn't have allowed those photographers back there anyway.
0: Well, but there, Evie's, like, could have been a photographer who's on the side. Like, I'm going to make some That's extra true. money and, like, not under my name, sell pictures of Gigi and Bella Hadid
1: half naked. That's true. Fair enough. So, one guy takes photos of people changing, and Kelly kicks them out. says come back when you can play by the rules bye (laughs) amen so then we go back to the office and stephanie skinner is working on the list for the Chadow ralph rucci show And the Chado show becomes the epic deal of this episode.
0: Yes. And he's Chado. Sometimes he's Chado Ralph Rucci. Sometimes he's Rucci. Like, they
1: pick a name, dude. So I'm going to call him Chado. Yeah,
0: me too. I agree.
1: And this is Stephanie Skinner's first fashion week as a staff member. She's not an assistant or an intern. And she says she feels a lot of pressure and like she's running with the wolves this time. So then we get to meet Serrano, the, the other Andrew more up close. And... Who is so fake tan that he looks like he's in blackface. Yeah. Like, it's a problem. It's bad. It's really bad. So Serrano, I, I think I'm going to end up calling a lot of people by their last names. Yeah. So that we don't get them confused. Serrano was working as a hair colorist in Beverly Hills. And he says, I left everything behind, a successful career, mind you, to move to New York, work in fashion, and be called a retard. Yeah. Which is highly inappropriate. Which is and the first so... time we get to hear
0: retard of the three to four times we get to hear it in the episode. But
1: it's also hilarious. Hilarious.
0: Now, I have so many questions about this and I I, for, I honestly, you know, forgot, because uh, I haven't watched this since it was on eight years ago. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff I forgot and I'd forgotten about him. Um, he makes no sense to me. First of all, if you are a respected colorist in Beverly Hills, you're making a very good salary. Like, he's making good money. Um... I don't understand giving that up to work in PR for fashion. Um, the other thing is, if you wanted to... Like, I've done Fashion Week. Like, if you want to be around fashion and you're in hair, you can easily do it. Like, you don't need to be an unpaid intern for Kelly Catrone. The only thing that would make sense is sometimes colorists don't know how to style hair, Um because they don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, usually because you get your hair colored first, then the the person who's cutting it cuts it and then they dry it or an assistant dries it. So it's possible that he didn't have any like hair dressing skills. Right. But I'm like, dude, just fucking like work fashion week. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was a weird trajectory.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel like he also, if he wanted to work in fashion, there were outlets for him in L.A.? Maybe not as official. Or at People's Revolution in LA. Right. But like, he could have worked on lookbooks or helped style. Like, it feels very strange to suddenly go to working RSVP lists in New York.
0: Yeah, I I didn't get it. But I mean,
1: kudos, more power to you. Well, hopefully we'll get to him on a runway rundown. Hopefully. I'm hoping to do one for each episode. So there's that. Here's hoping. So Skinner is really on edge because of this (laughs) list. And Chato seems to be one of their pushiest clients. And they pretty much say as much. And did we already
0: say that he's the only American. No. uh, Couturier. Yes. Couture American. Yes.
1: Which means he's a designer from the Federation of Couture. Couture. Which is a big deal. A very big deal. Yeah. So then Serrano offers her an adivan. He is the one who doles out. Um, prescription drugs.
0: And I am dying. Because yeah. he's like, just take it. Like, it's fine. Like, just take it. Like, it's not... Like, it's, you're not an addict if you're... You're only an addict if you take it when you're not stressed. But you're stressed, so you need them. Like, you can't get through Fashion Week without drugs.
1: Well, I'm of the Skinner mindset, though, that I I never take pills. So if I took one at work, I feel like I'd be on the floor sleeping in 20 minutes. Well,
0: she would have been. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. And, like, Ativan is... Well, see, here's the funny thing, and I'm going to tell a very quick aside story. Do it. So for those of you who don't take benzos... Which is what Ativan is. Of course. And I used to have like a killer prescription for it. It was a maze. I got like 60 a month. They were the best. But, um, because <laughs> I had a doctor that would just do whatever I wanted. But, um, so the thing about them is if you are stressed in a situation like Emily, where she kind of needs to be stressed, she needs to be like firing on all cylinders. Stephanie. I'm oh, Stephanie. Um, it makes you not fire on all cylinders, but the other added caveat to that is It makes things not seem important, and it makes you not care. So my very quick sidebar as to why she shouldn't have taken them is I was at a friend's wedding in Mexico, (laughs) and um, one of the women's husbands was a nervous flyer. Terrified. Nervous isn't even to describe it. Like, can't get on a plane. Okay. So he'd gotten a prescription for Xanax. So instead of taking the Xanax, like, as they were pulling into the parking lot, he took it when they left the house. So, by the time they got to the airport, he was feeling real good. Now, Xanax makes you give no fucks. So, yeah. instead of allowing him to get on the plane, it made him not care that he wasn't going. So, they got there and he's like, oh, I'm just not going to go. And she's like, What? And he's like, yeah, I'm just not going to go. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and she's like, No, no, no. You have-. He's like, No, I don't. I'm good. Like, I'm just going to go home. I'm good. So, never went. She had to go to the wedding by herself. It was, like, the talk of the whole wedding. But it could backfire. So, I can see, like, if you took an anivan at work when you're stressed out of your mind, being like, eh, this isn't so bad. Yeah. Like, who cares?
1: I've got a I'll think. get to this
0: less later. I'm it, not a good, Not a good plan for work.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. So, then we go back to Brian Park. And Kelly is behind the stage. Whatever went runway. Backstage. Backstage. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. And the backstage monitor is broken. Yeah. Meaning they can't get a feed. Right. Meaning the back, back of the house can't see the show that's happening in the front. So like timing will be thrown off and they can't see how things are looking. So Kelly says to the person who is working Bryant Park tents, so the official Fashion Week tech person, if there's no monitor, there's no show. The designer won't do it. Which is kind of interesting, because isn't the order of the models and everything already decided?
0: Yes. And, and then
1: so, Kelly's job as producer is to time the models. Yeah,
0: but here, I get where they're, I, I sort of get this. So, the thing is, the designer is backstage the whole time. Like, you don't see the designer until he walks the very last, like, when he walks out at the end to take his bow, and they do the final lap with all of the models. Right. So, if that monitor is not working, he doesn't see the show. Okay. At all.
1: Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. So, so it doesn't mean the show's impossible, but it's no, just no. The show
0: can happen, but he can't see it. And what she kept saying is, this designer will not let this happen unless he can see the show. And okay. she said that a couple times.
1: Right. Okay. No, that makes sense. I was just, it's not so much that it can't; it's that it's a super strong preference that he be able to see it. It's his final piece of art. Well, yeah,
0: and if he, because right. basically a fashion show is like the designer is basically the Wizard of Oz. Like yeah. you don't want to see him. You don't. You don't see him. Yeah. Until the very end. Right. So it's not like he can stand in the back or stand in the booth with Kelly or whatever. Of course. So.
1: So. Okay, so then apparently someone scurries out to get fixed, and Kelly says it's my charming personality that really gets things done. To Gorka, <laughs> yes, <It's> so <laughs> good. So then she takes her place in the booth on the other side of the runway to start producing the actual show. Yeah, in the back, and we see the show, and it's very I green. I called it hospital green. Yeah.
0: Very it's, hostile, it's, like like that, scrubs green. It's yeah. scrubs
1: green. And other than that, I don't have a lot to say about it. The clothes yeah, are fine. They're fine. But I I saw a lot of plain fronts. I saw a lot of buttons. I, I'm allergic to that hospital green color for a variety of reasons. But, you know, the clothes looked very well made, obviously. So then we see that Andrew has a huge crush. Andrew M., sorry, Muckamel, mm-hmm. has a huge crush on one of David Delphine's in-house models, who happens to look exactly like the designer.
0: Yeah, I think it was just the hair color. He had the same hair color. I don't think his face look. I, I, because I found the model attractive. I did not find David attractive. Well,
1: the model is a better looking version, but same hair color, plugs in his ears, similar build, well, younger.
0: That was the whole theme of the show. Did you see that a lot of them had orange hair? Like they, I I think the whole theme was like, we're going to make everyone look like
1: David. There you go. That says a and lot. And he was though.
0: an in-house model, so he's... I know. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying,
1: though, like, if you saw them on the street, you'd be like, "Oh, those guys look like.
0: I would have just thought they have the same color hair, but.
1: Okay. Well, you're a hairstylist. So you're able to differentiate. <laughs> you could probably pick out the color by number. <laughs> so um, Delphine thanks Kelly after the show, which Kelly says is a really big deal in the fashion world and doesn't often happen that designers are actually grateful for the work that People's Revolution puts in.
0: Agreed. I'm sure that's true.
1: And then Frank recognized someone in the background that I had no idea who he was talking about. Well, I
0: was a little surprised. So um, those of you fellow Bravo watchers, well, I know Heather will know who this is. Um, So they cut to someone and it says Beverly Smith Vibe Magazine, who is now known to all of us Bravo watchers as Bevy Smith. And I don't know when she changed from Beverly to Bevy, but she's always been in the fashion industry, but she's the one that does fashion queens. With Miss Lawrence and Derek from Atlanta. She's on Watch What Happens Live all the time. She talks like a black drag queen. Okay. Like, she's very, like... She talks like Miss Lawrence and Derek J. Like, full on. She's always like, Oh, darling! darling." She's very grand. Um, She's kind of like a female Andre Leon Talley. Like, okay. in her manner of speaking. Okay. Um, but she was, I mean, we only saw her for a second, but she was much more subdued here. But I just thought it was funny that we just see this aside of Beverly Smith Five Magazine and now she's Miss Beverly Smith, darling. Yeah. Like, it's a whole goofy thing.
1: I have no idea who she is. Yeah, well, I do. Never seen it. So then Kelly is arranging for Dovey to talk to some press, and the photographer, who was kicked out earlier for photographing people changing, is invited back in, and Kelly says, if you get this shot for me, all's forgiven. Yeah. Which is, there you go. Perfect. So then we go back to the office. And Andrew, MacAmel and Kelly are talking about the in-house model who leaves tomorrow. And Kelly says, who cares? Power kids are hungry and we need to get fed. Meaning they need to get laid. Which is... She also
0: took a lot of liberties in this phone call.
1: Yes. Yeah. So then she gets Gorka on the phone and says, Gorka, our children like each other meaning Andrew and this model who we learned is named Abraham.
0: Which I think is assuming facts, not in evidence because I think Andrew saw him.
1: Yeah. Didn't
0: really speak to him. Maybe one or two words like because
1: Andrew knew he was leaving tomorrow. So they must've spoken.
0: But I just think it's funny that Kelly, because Kelly does, spoiler alert, Kelly finds out he has a boyfriend. Yes. And if Andrew, like, so obviously the model wasn't vibing on him.
1: Yeah. Or he lied and said he had a boyfriend. Oh, possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like Andrew McAmel because he's entertaining, but I don't know that I would. Oh, I would want to sleep with him. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) then we get a little montage of Robin, Kelly's partner. And even though her name is spelled with a Y throughout my notes, I spelled it with an I. (laughs) (laughs) Because an I takes less time, I guess. And we get a montage of her working out. And then we find out that she's living in the office. On the top floor. No, the same floor as the fifth floor showroom.
0: Oh, but I had a couple things before that because we go to Kelly's apartment before that. Okay. Because I have a note about the nanny.
1: It's like the same scene. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: But anyway, I just think it's, I think it's weird that they call the nanny Nana. Yeah. Like that's definitely not her name. No. That's a grandmother name. And is it like a like maybe Ava couldn't say nanny when she was a little? But you should don't call your nanny nanny. I don't know. Call her by her name. I don't know. I just thought it was weird.
1: Yeah. Well, clearly that nanny is there all the damn time. Yeah. I wonder if she lives there. Oh, I'm sure she lives in. Yeah. A
0: hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
1: Um, so anyway, Robin's lease ended and she's living in the bedroom behind the fifth floor showroom. So now she has no life and she works all the time. I want to know where she showers. Kelly's. Uh, do you really? I'd would, Kelly would be like, fuck you. You're not shadowing my apartment. Well, the other thing I'm wondering too, is if there is a spare bedroom back there, I wonder if there's just a spare full bathroom too. Maybe. I don't know. It's, a, I mean, Kelly owns a full building in Soho. So there's gotta be more than one shower in there. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. So then, you know, when Kelly's at home, she says there's no parenting handbook. I feel like I'm part ball buster and part 1950s housewife. And she explains that the whole building was set up that she can live and work in it and, you know, work all the time and be there for her daughter, et cetera.
0: I didn't get the 1950s housewife part.
1: Nope. And neither, Because she was cooking something at the time she said it. She was like putting something in the oven on a sheet pan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it.
0: I'm usually with Vical, but I'm not on this one.
1: No. So then we hear more about Shadow Ralph Rucci and how he's the only American couturier... And everybody is just stressing the fuck out about this list and the seating chart. This is what they're being paid for, to assemble the perfect list and seating plan for this one really pushy client. So how many seats did they say they have at a fashion show? 350 or something like that? No,
0: no, no. They didn't say. What okay. they said was they sent out 2,000 invitations. Okay. And later we find out there were 350 RSVPs.
1: Okay. So basically what they are trying to do is up until the very last minute, they are trying to get the best possible people in the seats. And then they also have to scramble to seat them properly. So it makes sense that this would be really stressful because they basically have to keep RSVPs open until the show starts because you never know what last minute celebrity is going to want to suddenly come. So that is a bit intense. And I thought it was really
0: interesting. I mean, some of this I knew before, but some I hadn't thought about when they talked about, like, obviously you can't sit Women's World Daily next to Vogue, and you can't sit... uh, What I thought was most interesting, and I wouldn't have thought about this, is that with the celebrities, you can't sit, like, people in Us Weekly behind them, because then they'll just put in the magazine everything they talked about. So not only do you have to figure out who's going to be in the first three rows, but you have to figure out logistically who can't be near who. Right. And it was a lot more, like intricate than I thought it was going to be in terms of who can't sit next to who.
1: Right. That said, that statement made me think for someone as seasoned in this business as Kelly and who has produced as many shows as Kelly, that they don't have sort of a formula to start with, you know, like... Seats 1 through 20 is where they usually put press, and then seats 21 through 40 are where they put celebrities. And then, you know what I mean? like. Oh,
0: I'm sure they do. Yeah. I'm sure they do.
1: But they made it sound like it was just this chicken scratch from hell effort that they'd never done before. And that cannot be true.
0: No, I think what the case is, they, I'm sure, you're, like you said, I'm sure that there is like, this is where the press goes, and this yes. is where this goes. But I'm assuming the monkey wrench in the works is when those who RSVPs, yes. and like which celebrities are coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No, it it definitely makes sense that it would get stressful up until the last minute, but I'm guessing they have more of a formula than they like. Yeah. Oh no. I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. So then Kelly says that if you're not, (laughs) if you're above the third row, you're You're not in the game. Yeah. You're nothing. That's pretty awesome. But it also, if that's true, it makes me want to go to a fashion show. I don't care what row I'm in. I kind of just want to go to one.
0: Um, let me, I can see for not, well, I guess maybe fall fashion week. Um, I can see what I can do. That's possible. I mean, like, we can go. Like, I'd, we would be way in the back, but... I don't care. I'll stand.
1: I don't need a seat. <laughs> I just want to, like, ogle at some pretty stuff and people. It's just annoying
0: because you have to spend, like, a ton of money on an outfit just to go to the show. Like, you can't be, like, a scrub. It's gross. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to spend, like, $1,000 on clothes to go to a fashion show.
1: Let's see what kind of opportunity we can get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can go to, like, a shitty one at noon. Yeah. I mean, they have them all the time. Like, they're they're literally happening all day and all night, so we could go to, like, a noon. Yeah. One.
1: Yeah. So then there's all this drama because there is an RSVP voicemail for the shadow show, and apparently it wasn't getting checked, so some have built up. And Stephanie Skinner had delegated the task to Stephanie Voorhees.
0: Oh, but before that, we got the quote where Robin says, We're not going to be door bitches.
1: Oh, Emily said that. Oh, Sorry. Emily.
0: And Kelly, like, cackle laughs, and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, because that's exactly what they are is yeah, door bitches. 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: And I think. And doesn't she refer to Lauren as that? On the Hills?
1: Maybe. I feel
0: like Door Bitches is used yeah. with Kelly on the Hills at some point. Yeah,
1: and I think later this season we get a scene of Emily checking people into a show and yeah. she is awesome. She doesn't take anybody's shit. So, back to the seating drama with Stephanie and Stephanie. And Stephanie Skinner is saying to Robin, if Stephanie Voorhees didn't check these in, that's not my fault. I delegated it. And then... <laughs> um... Kelly tells Skinner, well, you just learned a valuable lesson that just because something gets delegated doesn't mean it gets done. And true. It's yeah. a very valuable lesson. Yeah. Harsh words, but truth. So that's when we learn that Skinner is on a paid audition as a junior account executive and that, you know, they're kind of testing the waters on it. So then I guess it's the next day again.
0: Well, no, we also get the thing where Andrew Kelly says to Andrew, have Andrew do it. Oh yeah. she assigns- And Andrew says no. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, the fuck? Like, if one of the female employees said that, Kelly would have him decapitated.
1: Right. But also, he's an assistant. It's a little bit different. Like, it is a little bit outside of his purview. But I would think... Oh,
0: I would think... No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. If you're my assistant, you do whatever the fuck I tell you. Well, that's what
1: I was going to say, is that being an assistant, nothing's outside of your purview. No,
0: yeah. And I mean, I think he kind of laughed it off and did it anyway. But again, I think her dynamic with Andrew is different than with her female employees.
1: Yes, I would agree. Totally. So then we see Kelly in this tunic that we saw her in in the opening scene or Moo
0: Moo. It is a Moo. That is not a tunic.
1: Yeah, it's off white and red. It's she bad. loves a Moo. I know it's bad. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. So then we see that because she's so busy, she's getting her eyebrows waxed and her manicure and pedicure done while she's in the office. Um, and this is where we see Voorhees talking to Robin and they put the title card on Voorhees as account executive, but we're pretty sure that she's an intern and that they made a mistake and confused her with Skinner. So then there is more drama with the Chato Ralph Rucci RSVP list. I have a lot of questions about this. Yeah. So Andrew M was checking the voicemail of RSVPs. And people who were not invited in the original 2000 person batch RSVP'd and were entered into the list as yes, but they were never invited. And
0: that's my question. Like, can you and I, maybe for Fall Fashion Week, we'll just call all the fashion shows and RSVP and show up.
1: It means that people shared the phone number. Yeah. And that it got passed around. Yeah. And Andrew should have been cross-checking them before entering them, and he wasn't. Uh, But
0: I could see, I mean, not that it's an excuse, but in his defense. Right. Not having worked there that long, I would have just thought like, oh, whoever has this number is invited, so I'm just going to put them on the list. Like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Well, also, what if a celebrity got that phone number and they weren't originally invited? I would obviously put them in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get his mistake. I feel like it was a very... Logical, easy to be made mistake.
1: Right. But it also does go back to the fact that this was a little outside of his purview or his experience at the very least. Yeah. Being a personal assistant doesn't mean you know how to handle RSVPs for a major fashion show. Yeah. So then they decide that it is three hours worth of work to redo it. And they expect Andrew. To redo it. and Well,
0: Stephanie says she'll do it.
1: Well, she's offering to help, and she says that she really loves Andrew, and she wants to take him under her wing. Well,
0: because she says she'll do it, and that's when they say to her, that's three hours worth of work. And she's like, oh, I know, I'm, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. And how many RSVPs did he mess up? Three hours worth of work to cross-check?
0: And see, that's the thing. That's why I feel like a lot of this may be exaggerated, because I feel like I could cross-check 350 RSVPs in 30 half minutes? an hour. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, like... It makes me, I really want to look up the software and stuff that they're using because it is so easy, even in an Excel spreadsheet, to search for names and just change the data next yeah. to it. I don't. I don't get it either. I don't get why that was three hours worth of work. Unless it was comparing 350 with 450 and you have to find the hundred difference, but still. But So
0: you and I sit together and I'm sure it's alphabetical. Yeah. You read off a name. Nope. You read off. Yes. Nope. Yeah. Two people, you knock it out in no time.
1: I don't get why it was three hours. I don't get it either. Okay. I was wondering that myself. So then we get another little vignette of Kelly at home and um, she's putting her daughter to bed and her daughter has very dirty feet.
0: Oh my God. I was so grossed out. They're like black.
1: However, her daughter has a really cool haircut. Just bangs. I know, but they're cool bangs. They're like sideswept and she has like long hair. It's a cute little girl haircut, but I was like, wow, it's kind of tight. It has like a New York city spin on it that I really enjoy. (laughs) Like when I was a kid and had long hair and bangs, it didn't look that cool. I just looked like blunt and (laughs) dumb, which is why I'm scared to get bangs to this day. So then there is more drama with this list. And this is where we learn that Shadow is probably their most demanding client. And Stephanie feels like she's going to have a breakdown and says she feels like a quote retard. And she
0: also says, um, hanging with the big wolves instead of running with the big wolves. Yeah, which is a little like, huh?
1: And then you realize that they take RSVPs up until the very last minute, which, you know, they could cut it off. They could say, please RSVP by Tuesday at noon, but you don't want to miss that last big minute person. So I get why they don't, but that is... But but you could also... Celebrities if... are so self-important, they would ignore the RSVP window anyway. Yeah. And
0: if I was... if So if I ruled the world and I was in charge of all of this, I would have sent out two tiers of invites. I would have sent out the not-so-important third-row-or-less-people invites and had one RSVP for them yeah. and then had another RSVP for the really important people. Because at least you could have gotten all the non-important people like, figured out before you had to deal with the important people, and there's not that many important people, so it wouldn't have been a big of a deal. I also thought it was very interesting that they invited 2,000 people yeah. and only 350 are coming. I know. Like, that's... A big difference.
1: They cast a wide net. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm wondering too I'd have to I mean it's been so long since I've dealt with any of this crap and I can't really remember how many chairs there are. But what happens if oopsie whoopsie all 2,000 decide to come? I don't think there's seating for that many people.
1: No. They turn them away.
0: I mean that's kind of bullshit. I but RSVP'd that's... them coming and now you can't go?
1: Well they only take RSVPs for the number of seats they have. But 2,000 were invited. So if you didn't RSVP, you're SOL. Yeah.
0: But I'm saying, like, what if all 2000 RSVP? I
1: don't know. Yeah, I think i are like taking a chance there. I think unless you get a seat assignment, you're screwed.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess. Because that's when they get into the drama of callbacks. They actually call people to let them know they got a seat. Yeah, that would take three hours. Oh, for sure. Anyway, they all this is drama, drama, drama and the art of seating. And they all go home at 132 in the morning is when their workday is done. So now it is the next day. It is the day of the Chado show. Well,
0: and I have a little something to say about this is he doesn't have a prime slot. Oh. His slot is at 6 p.m. Yeah. Prime would be like 8, 9, 10. So I'm a little surprised that it's not even like a primetime
1: slot. That is one of their more primetime slots, though, for People's Revolution, I think.
0: Sure, but Fashion Week in general, like, all the big boys are, like, No, 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 but,
1: like, I think because he's the only American couturier, he has an evening showtime. Like, you can't tell me that David Delphine had a significant showtime. It was broad daylight. Yeah. So I think he's just one of their bigger clients and why it's the bigger deal. Oh, I'm
0: just surprised it wasn't later.
1: Right. So then we go back to the office. It's the day of the show, and Serrano is passed out on the floor. (laughs) He must have taken that out of hand. I guess he did. Yeah. So then they need to finish the list in one hour. And Kelly is on the phone with Chadow and his publicist, who is also his sister. And it reminded me of Phantom Thread. <laughs> <laughs> because I watched that last night. And Was yikes. it good? I want to see it. Uh, we can discuss it later. All right. I had a rough time with it. So then <laughs> she... She actually does a great job reassuring him on the phone and says, you know, we're going to get this to you the best we can. Like at the end of the day, like we don't have seats for everybody and you guys have a really long list of who you want in the front row, but we don't have that many seats to give. So we're really making the best of it. And then you see Kelly in a confessional and she says, you know, we are publicists, not magicians, which is true. They can't give away seats. They don't. have."
0: Yeah. And she says, you know, there's a hundred seats in the front row and you want 225 people in the front row. Like, how is that going to work?
1: Right. So then her daughter stops by the office briefly and says she wants to go to a show. And Kelly says, well, if you want to go to a show, you're going to have to get dressed up. And you're going to be in the third row.
0: Well, no, no. She says, I'm not getting dressed up if I'm not in the front row.
1: (laughs) Right. And she says, you have to get dressed up and you're going to be in the third row. And Ava says, that's not fair. And Kelly says another mantra that says, life isn't fair. Look around. (laughs) Amen. So good. So then they go to print this precious list of RSVPs and seating, and someone is going to curry it over to the client, which is so funny that they want a printed list. Oh my God.
0: Well, and this is what I didn't understand. So, I mean, this was totally possible that it wasn't that long ago. They're freaking out about printing this list up and having it curried over to the client. Fucking email it. I know. Just email it to the client. I don't understand what the big deal is. I don't know. Because the issue was that it wasn't printing properly. I know. But I'm sure it would have emailed just fine.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing that you should always do when like a list like that isn't printing properly from the program you're in is try and export it to a PDF and then print your PDF. It's always just another option. So it's just not printing correctly. It's missing information. And Stephanie calls it retarded. And she's on the phone with (laughs) tech support for this company. And this is where I noticed there is a framed guru on the wall in the office.
0: Oh, I didn't see.
1: And I want to figure out who it is because I just watched that Netflix documentary, Wild, Wild Country. And I want to know. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me if Kelly's into some like gurus. Well, she, I thought she studied Eastern religion and Yeah. yeah. So I want to figure out which one it is. So it's not exporting properly. And Kelly says, what I want to know is why is this list the only problem? And then Kelly realizes that they need to be at the tents in an hour, and we are, quote, totally fucked. fucked. And it's to be continued. Yes. What a great way to start a season of a show. To be continued. We get
0: an amazing, like, this season, well, there's only one season, but um, this season on Cal and Earth, so we get a lot of montage of what's coming up, and we're going to have a lot of yelling and a lot of fun, and it's going to be
1: amazing. Yeah. And these episodes are a little longer than our Hills episodes, because they're not 22 minutes. Yeah, the show's... The show is longer, so you guys get us a little bit longer. Hopefully, every week or close to it.
0: So, um, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Yeah, so exciting.
1: First thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful.
0: You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at One Hit Pod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink, and you can find me on
1: Twitter at Hey It's Please
0: remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.